You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and brand new trailers on all the exciting new movies and projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. Um, Obviously, you know, we've got, uh, well, actually, we do have a a small piece of Force Awakens news to mention again today. Um, We've got, you know, episode eight coming up in the young Han Solo film and all that. But this episode is mainly going to be about Rogue One as the awesome new trailer just uh, dropped earlier this evening. Um, as always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Doing great. And really, how can I not be doing great when it's new Star Wars trailer day? And we're getting nice getting used to having this happen multiple times a year, every year. So and today was no exception about being excited for it. So just another great day to be a Star Wars fan when we get an awesome trailer like the one we got today for Rogue One. Yeah, it's yeah, like you said, it's almost like a biannual event now where... Uh, you know, we get to look forward to the releases of these big trailers. Um, well, uh, actually, before we get to that, um, let's just, you know, we'll take care of a couple, uh, you know, smaller news items, um, and then we'll just jump right into the Rogue One trailer talk. Um, first of all, as I mentioned, uh, uh, there is something regarding The Force Awakens, and that is the 3D Blu-ray release, which was just announced uh, earlier this week. Um, you know, obviously we got the, the regular Blu-ray and DVD release that came out earlier this year, but, um, now we're going to have the 3D version coming out in November. Um, the, you know, collector's edition that's got extra bonus features and stuff, which I don't know, I kind of have mixed feelings about because on the one hand, it's awesome that we get more stuff. On the other hand, I don't really like this trend of them being like, you know, you you could obviously kind of tell they were holding back stuff on the first release. And now, you know, this one's got more commentaries and, uh, you know, featurettes and all that kind of stuff. Um, but some of this does sound pretty awesome. Like, for example, this will be the first version of the movie released with audio commentary from J.J. Abrams uh, for the movie itself. Um, they've got some additional uh, bonus features. Um, a lot of them seem, seeming to deal with the sound design. Um, one called Foley, A Sonic Tale, and then one called Sounds of the Resistance. Um, some new deleted scenes that weren't on the first release. Um and then a couple of, well, actually, there's another one called Dressing the Galaxy. I don't know if that was, I don't think that's been released yet, has it? No, that one didn't sound familiar to me either. Okay. And I'm actually looking at the back of the Force of Blu-ray right now, and I 
don't see that one listed as one of the special features. Right. But. Well, yeah, I know it's not one of the main ones, but I thought it might have been like an exclusive somewhere because it also uh, this version includes um, the scavenger and the stormtrooper, a conversation with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, and then inside the armory where they talk about you know building the weapons and uh, armor and stuff like that. Um, and those two bonus features were like the digital exclusive target ones. Um, which I have, um, and just, you know, if you bought the target version, it came with like a, a download code or whatever that, um, you could access those online. Um, but those will be included on this version of the Blu-ray as well as it seems like everything, like all the bonus features and deleted scenes and stuff that were on the first, um, edition of the release. Um, so as much as it pains me, this seems like something I'm going to have to add to my collection just for all that bonus stuff and for the JJ Abrams commentary and all that. Um, also the box art just looks awesome. Um, yeah, it's just a hand holding up Luke's lightsaber in that, uh, snowy forest. Um, and obviously we know that's Ray. So, um, but yeah, that's just some cool imagery on the front there. Um, and also, I mean, I don't, even have a 3d tv or a 3d blu-ray player but you know these things always come with like the 3d blu-ray the regular blu-ray the dvd the digital download copy and if you mail in your receipt we'll even send you a vhs like (laughs) you know it comes with every version of it under the sun so even if you (laughs) even if you don't have the ability to play 3d blu-rays you'll still be able to watch you know some version of the movie that comes with this yeah, I'm excited for this, actually. I mean, I get the frustra- frustration some fans can have about, you know, them holding off special features that probably should have been put on the original Force Awakens Blu-ray. But at the same time, being a Star Wars fan all my life, I'm used to this by now. So <laughs> I kind of expected it to happen. And I've joked about how many times I bought multiple copies of the VHS, DVDs, blu-rays and now it's continuing with the force awakens with another release of the same movie but with added features and i'm just excited for those new features i mean i really couldn't care less about the 3d i'm not a 3d guy but the audio commentary that was the one that got me yes (laughs) like yeah finally because that was something i was really looking forward to for the original release and was a bit disappointed when it wasn't on there but the fact that we're now going to get it on this i'm really excited for it and i wasn't expecting the to add some new deleted scenes on there. I mean, I know JJ kind of mentioned a few months ago that they may release more online or something to that effect. So maybe it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, but when I was reading the press release and all this, I wasn't expected to see, you know, new deleted scenes, which, you know, just a little something that adds to, you know, that makes me really want to get this new collector's edition set. Mm-hmm. So I'm well, really looking forward to it. That's actually going to be a big draw of it for me because I'm still hoping we get to see that scene where Chewie rips Ankar Plot's arm off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was kind of disappointed because I could have sworn that J.J. Abrams did an interview or something where he said that, like, as far as he knew, Disney wasn't holding back any extra deleted scenes or you know additional content like for a future release that people would have to pay for i do remember him saying that you know maybe those things would be released online or something like that but at the same time i can't really fault him for that because i don't think it was completely his decision um you know i i don't know exactly how all this kind of stuff works in the industry but i highly doubt that directors of a movie have much say about what's included in you know the bonus features on the dvd especially as a special edition dvd that's coming out you know, like almost a year after the movie came out in theaters, like J.J. Abrams, I'm sure, has moved on to other projects by now. Totally. And he's, and he's not still telling them, you know, what to include on the Blu-rays and stuff. And so that's more up to, uh, you know, Bob Iger and the marketing people at Disney um, to deal with that kind of thing. So, you know, even if what he said before wasn't completely accurate, that wasn't really in his control. Um, 
But anyway, I'm sure, well, actually, the nice thing about this, though, is that it comes out in November, and, I mean, I already have the movie, so I don't need to get this, like, day one. I can just put this on my Christmas list, so, you know, um, I might just do that and save myself, you know, 40 bucks or whatever this is going to end up costing when it comes out. You know what, um, I am kind of surprised, though, that they didn't put, like, a special behind-the-scene or sneak peek thing for Rogue One on this, since it is coming out in November. This has a little extra incentive in there to get you hyped up for Rogue One, too. That is true. Um, but at the same time, knowing how they play things close to the vest here, um, you know, especially the way they did with the force awakens and the secrecy and stuff, like, I'm sure they don't want to give away too much about rogue one either, even though we all know how the movie's going to end. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, but either way, yeah, <laughs> it's still, yeah, it's I mean, still enough extra features on there that makes me think it's going to be worth the purchase. Like you said, the box art and just how it's packaged too with that nice like black casing over it. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, it's definitely a nice package. Um, yeah, so that's the Force Awakens Blu-ray. We also got a release date or sorry, and a uh, premiere date for Star uh, for Star Wars Rebels season 3. Um, that will be starting Saturday, September 24th with a one hour special, uh, which will basically just be the first two episodes of uh season three um but it'll also be our first uh, official canon introduction to grand admiral thrawn so um definitely looking forward to that and i know on our last episode we talked a whole lot about that new rebels trailer and how awesome that looks so uh definitely looking forward to that same here and as i know they kind of said how you know it's a new night and time saturday 30 but i'm not sure if that's going to be its normal time slot going forward or if it's just you know a special night for the premiere but mm-hmm. i think it would be kind of cool if it would be saturday because maybe no other TV show that I watch on Saturday, so <laughs> nice to fill that void with some Star Wars. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad it's in September. I believe uh, season two started in October, if I remember right. So it's good to get this a little earlier. And like you said, these episodes that are going to kick off season three are going to deal with some of the stuff we're most looking forward to this season, Grand Animal Thrawn, and then we're going to get to see Bendu, too, and the whole, that whole aspect of the Force with him. That's what I'm really excited for. And the premiere episodes are called Steps into Shadow. So looks like kind of similar to the first two premieres where they're like one-hour specials or movies. looks like that's going to be the same with these two. Like, when I remember hearing reports from Celebration Europe, for those who saw it, I kind of thought that this was going to be different where they're just showing two separate episodes but putting them together. But looks like according to the press release and the announcement for the premiere, there might be a continuing story for both episodes. So even though when you think about it with Thrawn and then having to do with the Force and the Bendu, or you would think might be two separate stories, but maybe they will connect together to make something really cool. So I'm excited. Not too long to wait now, just a little over a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely... Um... I mean, like you said, it seems like two totally separate story elements there, but I think, you know, obviously we don't really know what the story is going to be, so they could certainly weave the two of them into one larger story, um, which would be even more intriguing to me. I was expecting to just kind of get one episode about each of them, um, but now to see, you know, one big overarching story that involves both Grand Admiral Thrawn and this Bendu entity, um, you know, definitely has me thinking, like, what's going to be going on here? Yeah, and another interesting too in the official synopsis that was released with it, um, it said that having established a secret base on Adalon, the Ghost Crew, now led by a more powerful Ezra, strengthens the Rebel fleet by acquiring new resources and recruits eager to stand against the Empire. I just thought it was interesting that it already is bringing out that 
the ghost crew is being led by Ezra now, where because we know what happened to Kanan is being blind. But I didn't mm. necessarily think that was going to take him out of the leadership role, or or even having Hera, you know, be officially made the leader. But maybe she's going to be too busy leading Phoenix Squadron. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I did find it interesting that Ezra is already in charge of the whole ghost crew now. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, it almost seems like it would be kind of like a co-leadership thing between him and Hera, because obviously, like, it's still Hera's ship, and, like, she's the captain and kind of runs things the way she wants to as far as, like, the crew of the ship goes. But then, yeah, when they're off on missions, usually Hera's, like, the getaway driver, and it's Kanan who's kind of um, leading the charge in the field. And so I could certainly see that being Ezra now with, uh, you know, Kanan not seeing as well as he used to these days. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and I mean, from what we've seen in, you know, a couple of clips that were released and in the trailer, um, I mean, obviously he still seems young and rough around the edges and whatnot, but definitely seems to be kind of like jumping right into the action and kind of taking charge more um, than we've seen before. So, um, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see just sort of the the whole crew dynamic and how they shake things up, um, because obviously... uh, you know, it's, it's the stuff that happened at the end of last season is going to cause some big shakeups. So, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, again, that's September 24th. Uh, so a little over a month from now um, or, you know, a month and a half, something like that. Um, so that's not too much longer to wait. And we got the season two Blu-ray coming out at the end of this month to hold us over and relive all those awesome episodes. Yeah, well, so there you go. Time's just going to fly by. Yeah. Um, and then also just one last little bit of uh you know, official news, or whatever. And this actually uh, just came out the day after we posted our last episode. Um, and that is that f- principal photography has now officially wrapped on Star Wars Episode 8. Um, so, you know, we've got Star Wars Rebels to look forward to next month. We've got Episode 8 to look forward to in over a year from now. Um, again, just Star Wars projects all over the timeline here. Um, but obviously, like... I mean, it's still going to be a while before we see an episode eight trailer or anything like that, but just, you know, it's still cool to think about it and know that they're, you know, making progress and that they're done shooting now and, uh, you know, can't wait to see, you know, get our first glimpse of, uh, of what's going to be up next for Ray and Finn and Kylo Ren and old master Luke and all that kind of stuff. And it's just cool to think too, that there are two star Wars movies now in post-production <laughs> photography is done. And rogue one, of course, is obviously way more closer to the finish line than episode eight. But yeah, that is technically a good point. they're both in uh, uh, post-production now getting everything all edited, special effects ready to go. And that's, just awesome for Star Wars fans to think about that. There are two movies like that now in post-production. Yeah, very true. Um, although one will not be in post-production for too much longer because uh, we've got um, just about four months now till Rogue One comes out. It's hard to believe, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get to the big stuff. The whole reason we're recording an episode right now in the first place, uh, the new trailer that just dropped during the olympics you know full two minutes you know we get bits of story lots of new footage uh tim what'd you think i loved it (laughs) shocker i know but i thought this trailer was fantastic and boy does it just rogan just simply looks awesome i'm loving the environments the cinematography of it this the tone of the movie just visually it just looks so awesome and 
we go kind of we said this a lot during the force awakens too and really even during the prequel era it's like every time we get a new star wars trailer it's automatically looks like this is going to be the best star wars movie ever <laughs> and just visually you get that feeling with rogue one too i'm just loving the environments in this trailer that's kind of what stuck out to me the most amongst all the other cool stuff that we got with the characters but the planets in this movie just look so cool and we really didn't see too much of scarif the beach planet in the jungle environment when we were talking about um on our last episode i believe when all those entertainment weekly uh features came out we got those new images and how in the behind the scenes documentary where we just said how awesome that jungle planet looks on scarif and how it's going to be awesome as in a new environment for star wars to take place in and we didn't even get much of that in this trailer but i pretty sure i think it might be jetta that we're seeing a lot here where because we see a lot of Bays and uh, Chirrut there, and then we get in the opening with Saw and uh, Jin talking. And just today, actually, it came out on Entertainment Weekly Post an article about Saw Guerrero that he is going to be on Jetta when he meets Jin. So it looks like this is where most of the trailer takes place on his uh, Jetta, and it just looks incredible. I just love the environment of the rocky terrain. It's like half desert, almost like a mix between Geonosis and Tatooine in certain, yeah. certain shots, but the canyon shots in there where you see that transport going by and then at night you see the x-wings flying by in those canyons it just looks so beautiful and again doing what i hope every star wars movie does gives you something that looks new and different but yet still feels like star wars and this trailer did that to to the max i think i'm just Mm -hmm. visually and so in love with everything i'm seeing with rogue one and that was my immediate uh takeaway when i saw the trailer just how beautiful this movie looks and but I don't want that to mean that I'm taking it away or thinking that the characters and the story is not living up to that. I think so. Those all look great, too. But just when I saw this trailer for the first time, I mean, it re- immediate reaction was, man, this movie just simply looks incredible. And I just can't wait to see it all play out. Yeah, um, I, I am super impressed. Um, and for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know, like Tim is way more firmly on board the Rogue One hype train than I am. Um I've said it before, I'll say it again, I'm excited for it, you know, I'm gonna go see it, it's Star Wars, but I'm just sitting here waiting for episode 8, um, except now seeing this trailer, this has me, uh, I'm like, okay, Rogue One, let's go, this is gonna be awesome, um, there's plenty of room still on the hype train for it, so you're welcome aboard, yeah, well, and, you know, here's the thing, I mean, it's, it's not that I don't think it's gonna be good or whatever, it's just, I think the stuff that we've seen so far hasn't, like, completely impressed me um i mean the first trailer was good obviously but i think it was more you know it it was kind of a teaser trailer really like Mm -hmm. i mean it was it was longer than like the first teaser for the force awakens was but a lot of it is just kind of showing quick shots of like the new characters and we get introduced to Jin urso and we know they're on a mission to steal the death star plans um but i mean when you were just talking about the visual stuff like there's so much more in this trailer that was like striking and appealing to me visually um And I think, like, even in the first trailer and in a lot of the images that we've seen so far, like you said, it seemed like there was a lot of Scarif, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Like, I think I still like the idea of this jungle, you know, sort of jungle slash beach planet. um, And I think that's going to be a cool locale. But um, I think it's going to be one of those things where, like, over the course of a long scene or a big battle, just the background scenery is just sort of generally pleasing to look at. But nothing that like immediately jumps out and strikes you is like oh man trees on the beach that's really cool um 
you know, and and then like because we had seen so much of it so far, like I know there are going to be other planets in here like Jeddah and I'm sure we'll see stuff, you know, maybe set on the Death Star or, you know, we'll be seeing a lot of Imperial locations or whatever. Um, but like it would be easy for somebody to get the wrong impression from everything that we've seen so far up till this trailer that the whole movie takes place on Scarif. Like it seemed like most of the action that we had seen was just like you know, that beachfront battle with the Imperial walkers. And then maybe I guess that scene in the street with like the stormtroopers and the tanks and stuff, which because there's like sand and everything, I kind of assumed that was also on Jeddah, but I'm, or on Scarif, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be on Jeddah. Um, now that we know, you know, sort of, uh, more about that planet and, um, sort of the environment and what it looks like and stuff. Um, anyway, my point is <laughs> I love this trailer because, um, it shows, like you said, a lot more visual diversity, I think, um, and some shots that really uh, jumped out and, like, wowed me. I think, like, for the first minute, minute and a half of the trailer, I was just kind of sitting there watching, and I was impressed, but it was just kind of, like, taking everything in, and then there were some things towards the end where I started, like, jumping and cheering and being like, oh, man, that's really cool, and, you know, there's a, a scene where a TIE fighter, like, flies right towards the camera and crashes, like, right in your face, and it kind of made me jump, and I was like, holy crap. Um, there's a scene with some X-Wings doing like a flyby strafing run on an Imperial, you know, landing pad or something like that, like at night in the rain. And that was probably my favorite part of the trailer. Um, or at least, you know, my favorite brief shot. Um, cause you know, I, I love X-Wings. I love space battles and aerial battles and dogfights and stuff, but I also love seeing, uh, you know, these really familiar ships in new environments and new situations and stuff like that. Um, and I think in a way it's almost, you know, it's, it's similar to like the force awakens, um, where, you know, in trailers we would see the shots of, you know, the X-Wings fighting the TIE fighters above the lake on Takodana or above the snow on Starkiller Base, which was awesome to see in The Force Awakens, but at the same time, there was still part of me that was going like, yeah, but it's 30 years after, like, why are we still using X-Wings and TIE fighters? Like, I wanted to see more new stuff there. But here, obviously, we know it's in the original trilogy time period. This is right before episode four. And so to see the classic X-Wings and TIE fighters and stormtroopers that we're familiar with, but to see them in all new environments and locales and new battles and things like that. And to obviously evoke that classic look and make it feel in line with the Star Wars saga, but at the same time to be able to sort of revisit that era with modern technology and special effects and stuff like that. I mean, you're going to be seeing the exact same X-Wings and TIE Fighters you saw in A New Hope doing things that were not technically possible you know, when George Lucas made that first movie. So that's probably what I'm most excited for about Rogue One at that point. That was what got me the most excited about this trailer, um, was just some of the new action stuff that we saw and a lot of the, uh, you know, just some really cool visual moments, really cool new locations and stuff. And then also, there's also a shot with, um, I think it's the U-Wing, which is like the new uh, yeah. sort of transport ship that um, Jin and, uh, is it Cassian? is mm -hmm. the the pilot guy and yeah they're they're flying that thing through past like this big crumbling cliff or something like that, that and incredible i mean it's just it's one of those shots where the ship looks tiny and you just see like this massive scale destruction going on um and how the trailer's edited it's like you see him going into hyperspace right right after that shot yeah and it makes you think oh are we gonna see like attempted hyperspace travel while they're 
in the atmosphere of a planet, kind of like we saw in Clone Wars that one time. Like they're going to attempt to do something really dangerous there, but it also could be something where maybe they are in space, but how the trailer was edited. It looks like it's right there, but that would be cool though if they do. Yeah, I think, and it, it could be the end of that sequence too. Like maybe you see them flying past all this destruction, and then they fly into space, and then they jump into hyperspace. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, if it cuts quick enough that like when it goes to the cockpit shot where they jump to hyperspace, you don't really get to see where they are before that. Um, it's just kind of like star streaks, bam. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so much cool stuff in here. And then also, I mean, we do get a little bit more, um, you know, story bits and dialogue played out. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, anyone who's been following this movie at all or who, you know, follows Star Wars news and stuff, everybody's already going to know what the story of this movie is, which is that, you know, it's the rebels stealing the Death Star plans. But um, I mean, we get introduced to more of the characters and kind of just get to know um, a little bit more about what's going on. I like how it spotlights um, you know, several of the new characters in here, um, where you see, uh, man, Baze and Chirrut both have just some freaking awesome, uh, you know, just even in the, the brief quick glimpses that we get, it looks like they're going to have some awesome action scenes, uh, in this yep. movie. You see that same planet with, you know, the night and the rain and Baze just like gunning down a bunch of stormtroopers as he's talking about how they destroyed <laughs> his home. Um, and then Chirrut, who is like, you know, he says something about, um, you know, I have no fear and the force will do what it wills or something like that. I don't remember the exact quote. I'd have to go watch it again. Um, it's I'll, a great one, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great line. And then it looks like, you know, there's a stormtrooper behind him and then like a stormtrooper in front of him tries to shoot him and he just like ducks out of the way and makes the stormtrooper shoot the other stormtrooper. And then he just is like, you know, blink of an eye, like knocking people out with his bow staff and... um Man, I, I'm going to love that guy. Like, he just seems so freaking cool. Like, and again, something that we haven't really seen before in Star Wars, which is like someone who follows the Jedi way, but isn't a Jedi. Yep. Um, and we'll get to see, like, even though he's not going to be fighting with a lightsaber and using the force, obviously the fact that he's like a blind monk who can, you know, incapacitate guys with armor and laser guns with a stick, like... <laughs> the force is working through him somehow or he is you know applied some jedi fighting techniques or whatever like man i don't know how they're gonna you know explain his character or you know develop his story arc or whatever but he's definitely one of the ones that i'm looking forward to seeing more of in action totally agree i mean what i like about that line where he says i fear nothing all is as the force wills it is the fact that he isn't really force sensitive but his belief in the Force and dedication, dedicating his life to, you know, following the ways of the Jedi and the Force is what making him say that. I just think is so awesome. And just another new thing we haven't seen in Star War, in a Star Wars film of someone, you know, just dedicated and basing their life after, after the Jedi and the Force, but not necessarily Force-sensitive. It's just so cool. But, you know, we can geek out so much on this trailer, but we do have someone else who wants to geek out with us. So I'm going to go oh, ahead do and to this call. Yes. We can't keep him waiting any longer. Okay, Paul Herman, welcome to Star Wars The Saga Continues. What? I'm not... Is this in The Force Awakens? Uh, no, no, we're, we're talking about the movie. We're not in the movie. Oh. You know, Kyle, this is a good, a good time to do some Spaceballs <laughs> reference. What? <laughs> no, it's a perfect time when he's like, is the movie, are we still middle of making it? And he's like, oh. no. <laughs> when will then be now? 
soon. <laughs> Instant cassette. Oh man, uh, this is a great. Thanks for letting me on the show for uh, you know last second thing here, guys. Uh, my wife just put in my macaroni and cheese in the oven, so you know this is a perfect time for me to wait to let cook. So yeah, this is not perfect. a problem. Well, okay, yeah. So for some of our listeners who might be really confused right now, being like, "What the heck is going on?" Uh, this is our friend Paul Herman. Uh, some of you longtime listeners have probably heard him before. Um, he's been. Have you been on our show once or twice before? I, I, I've at least been on it once. Um, yeah, I know it was at least once. We were talking about Force Friday and all the the toys we got and stuff. Oh, um, man. But anyway, um, yeah, so Paul and Tim and I, we play a ton of Battlefront together. We talk a lot of Star Wars together. We love you know analyzing and dissecting new trailers together and stuff. So Paul had wanted to jump in on uh, this episode with us as we're talking about this new Rogue One trailer. And wasn't able to join us right at the beginning, but uh, he has obviously been able to uh, go ahead and <laughs> jump in with us right now. So uh, we were just in the middle of talking about um, just everything, really. Um, <laughs> I, I think, well, in actually, no, yeah, yeah, we were talking about um, sort of the those shots in the middle of the trailer where they uh, highlight some of the new characters. And we just talked about Baze and Chirrut and how awesome they look. Um, and I was about to move on to K2SO. Um my new favorite droid pal uh, who, <laughs> you know, only has like a couple lines in the trailer, but he just like walks right up to Jin and is like, my, because apparently, so uh, Cassian is his master and he's the one who like rescued him from the empire and then sort of wiped his mind of the imperial programming and stuff. And so he's like this big, mean bodyguard droid who's just very like rude and inconsiderate of people's feelings, but he clings to Cassian like, a lost puppy because you know he's like the you know sort of the one guy that he has like respect for for freeing him and all that stuff so he walks right up to Jin and it's just like my master says you're a friend I won't kill you then and just walks away and uh wait are you guys still there yeah oh, I'm here okay cool um I was I was waiting for you to like say something where I was just hoping he'd say meat bag at the end or something <laughs> yeah well no see, <laughs> I don't want them to spoil that in the trailer Um, yeah, but, uh, no, I mean, still, you know, obviously just sort of brief, brief glimpses of each character here, but I, I still think I'm going to love that guy. Um, and then he also says something towards the end where he's like, you know, we have like a 97% chance of failing and Cassian, you know, all all the the crew members are looking worried and Cassian's like, yeah, he means well, like he's trying to encourage us or something somehow. Um, which is obviously kind of like. C-3PO-esque in the, you know, Han Solo, never tell me the odds and all that kind of stuff. But um, he obviously does it in sort of a much more matter of fact, you know, he's not going to freak out and be like, oh, but so we can't go in the asteroid field. He's just like, yo, like, this is dumb. We're going to die. Why are you doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for, for the record, uh, thank you for letting me uh, join the show, guys. You, you guys were much, you guys were really grateful for I'm really grateful, excuse me, for letting me on and basically inviting myself on your show. So, uh, but we're all good buddies, so I figured it was fine to invite myself on. Um, so thank, Paul, thank we, are, we are no longer friends. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. you're too <laughs> far by coming in. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, people got to realize that we talk on the reg, just like texting. We were just before this, we were texting about Game of Thrones. So I mean, oh. you guys are my boys. So I, I just want you to know, you guys are my my main crew, and I love you guys. So anyway, back to this Rogue One trailer. Uh, the droid is it K two S zero? Is that who it is? I believe it is actually K two S O. It is an O, not a zero. I, yeah, I think so. I see. I always, I always want to say zero. I think zero just makes it sound more droidish. Um, 
So K2SO, uh, I've always liked the design of the character, you know, from the leaked um, things we got from a couple months ago and the Rogue One uh, teaser, or not teaser, but the footage we got from the uh, celebration from about a month ago. And one of the things that jumped out at me about this is how good the CGI looks yeah. on this droid. I mean, he looks incredible. I mean, the detail on this guy is phenomenal. And I kind of, I don't, again, I'm curious if they used a practical, like, model or, you know, with, like, if they did the classic one 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 shot with uh, Tudic, uh, Alan Tudic in one shot and then maybe a, st- a droid standing in the next and like they still used a practical droid in some in some spots because he looked incredible. I thought the CGI. I mean, it almost looks like a real droid, at least to me. Maybe my maybe I'm blind. I don't know. Did you guys have that same feeling? No, oh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> pretty much K two SO almost like every other CG shot in this movie so far just looks incredible, and he was no exception. I mean, yeah, you could easily like fool someone and thinking you know that's just a real droid on set there he just looks really good too mm-hmm. yeah and, I, oh, oh I'm sorry go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. well no, just, were you done no, i was just gonna mention too this the way he talks i mean uh earlier this week entertainment weekly's been putting out all those articles focusing on the different characters and earlier they had one on k2so and alan tudyk was saying you know since he is an imperial droid i kind of made his voice with a, like a british accent and you definitely got that vibe in this trailer when we heard him speak he did have you could tell he was an imperial droid even though you know he has the imperial insignia on his shoulder there he did sound like a droid who would be in the empire so i thought his voice matched to what he looked like too and what we've been hearing yeah no well you know it's funny for me because um his voice sounded it was like a little bit higher than i was expecting just from such a big droid but at the same time like you said it definitely sounds very imperial um and as far as the the design of the character and stuff and the cgi i mean i kind of had like i don't know if i'd say the opposite reaction because i don't think it's bad cgi but i think it's it's fantastic cgi because i didn't even notice it you know you guys are talking about like <laughs> oh man it looks so good and i mean to me like it just looks like a good droid and i, I know i didn't even really think about the fact that it was i mean we know it's cgi because we've seen you know the shots of alan tudyk in the motion capture costume and all that kind of stuff but you know it doesn't jump out at you as like oh man that's a really cool visual effect it's just like yeah that's a cool looking droid and um you know, I, I can't e- I can't even really say if it looks like a, a practical effect or a, a digital effect. It just it's Star Wars and a droid is a droid and it looks like a droid. So obviously they did a perfect job with it. You just got to bring up the fact that you don't discriminate against practical and digital effects, Kyle. I get it. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I don't in this case. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm with you. I think that's what surprised me. I'm just like, man, that droid looks amazing. And then it took me a minute. It took me like the third the third vi- uh, viewing that I kind of realized, holy crap, this is like a CGI droid, I think, because the detail is so good. This, the, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like the CGI on this just looks really incredible in general. Like, I'm really impressed how good everything looks. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying the Force Awakens didn't look this good. I guess it did, but I don't know. Like, I just, it looks really, maybe it's just it looks exotic because they actually go to somewhat different planets now. I don't know. Um, or different types of planets. But everything every, everything just looks very crisp in a good way. Like, not like, it, it, it's, it just looks really well done. Um, did any of you guys get that? Besides the droid, did, you, did the whole trailer give you that impression? 
Yeah, sort of. I mean, before you jumped on, you know, we hadn't really talked about like the visual effects or whatever in particular, but we had talked a lot about, um, and especially I said that, you know, probably the thing I loved the most about the trailer was just the, that it was very uh, visually impressive and visually diverse. Um, and I talked about the fact that like up till now, a lot of the stuff that we've seen in Rogue One has seemed to feature Scarif very heavily. Um, we've saw, seen a lot of footage in the first trailer and a lot of, you know, behind the scenes photos of like the beach, you know, stormtroopers and the, the battle with the Imperial walkers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I like that in this trailer, it sh just showcased, you know, more ships, more planets, more battles, more, you know, just, it, it just had, I don't know, to, to me, it, it was just way more visually striking and just showed a, a much wider variety of environments and effects and action shots and all that kind of stuff than we have previously seen for this movie. So I, that was probably my favorite aspect about the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, I brought it up too, when we're mentioning it, how they create the environments and the atmosphere of the planets that they're on looks and, Jeez, <laughs> it's one of those things where everything they're showing looks so cool, but we haven't seen the whole movie yet, and it just makes you think: Are they holding back anything more? I mean, is this just the tip of the iceberg of the stuff we're going to be seeing on these planets and environments? I like to think yes, and that was one of the things I liked about the trailer too. Where in one moment in particular, where we were talking about earlier with uh, Chirrut taking out those stormtroopers, it was like cut the way it was cut and edited in the trailer was so fast where. You, you know he takes out those troopers, though we didn't see a lot of it. And it made me think where, oh, man, it would have been cool to see him actually take out all those troopers in this. But it's actually good that they didn't because then, you know, it's just going to be an awesome moment in the movie where we see him exactly how he takes out all these troopers in that one scene. And then some of the other stuff, too, like that uh, beach battle we're going to get. I mean, how awesome was that shot? This is one of my favorite moments of the trailers where you see Baze with that heavy blaster cannon gun shoot a rocket at the walker there oh yeah now, like that wasn't a, a heavy blaster gun that was a smart rocket from battlefront there you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you i never use those type of guns in battlefront <laughs> <laughs> but with that when he shot it i was expecting uh hopefully it doesn't you know take out the whole head of the walker i mean it shouldn't, and I don't want to see that. But well, in Battlefront, to be fair, Tim, it doesn't do anything when you use it against the AT-AT yeah. Walker. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, unless, I, unless you do it, you know, when the Y-wing bombers call in their uh, their ooh, airstrike. Did you, did you just mention Y-wings? Well, thankfully we didn't yeah. see Yeah. Oh well, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I, I I just want to say it out for the record, the worst part about this trailer, there was no Y-wings. But anyway, continue, Tim. No. <laughs> uh, there's something actually uh, that's more worse in the trailer. But I'll save that for later. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I just liked how when that rocket flew off off of uh, or shot at the walker, it didn't you know just cause this massive amount of this damage to it and it fell. It just liked how it just pretty much took off. The head, the head blaster that's on the walker, that's it. And you would think that it's still going to be operational. So it was one of those things that you kind of expect, yeah, it'd be like a big moment for the Rebels where they could take down a walker, but in fact they didn't. And another one of those moments that you want to see more of what happens right after that shot, but it's good that they didn't show you know what happens next to leave stuff for the actual movie. And I just think that's another big reason why I really love this trailer. It was 
perfect amount of stuff that got you excited and left you wanting more. And those two instances in particular with Chirrut and then Baze firing that rocket at the walker, those are like two moments like, oh, I want to see more. But at the same time, it's smart that they didn't. It got me all pumped up. And then when we actually see it in the theater, see how it all goes down and what happens next, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually just kind of um, watching the trailer again, muted here, just to see if there's. Uh, <laughs> I am too. Well, okay, no, <laughs> Tim, Tim, I'm, Tim, I'm curious though. What was the the one other thing that you said you were unhappy about? Well, you're probably gonna guess it. We got no new shots of Death Troopers or well, any of the Short Troopers. <laughs> when I knew the trailer was coming, I was like, oh great, more awesome new Death Trooper pictures and images I can use for my wallpaper and phone. And- but you got X wings, Tim. Aren't you glad? Well, I'm the one that's happy about the X wings. Tim's oh, the Imperial guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I already, I already talked about that. How the that shot of the X wing flying through the rain and you know doing a bombing run on that Imperial landing pad was like boring. my favorite shot of the trailer. <laughs> X wings, boring. How many Death Stars did uh, your Y wings blow up? Yeah. <laughs> Darth Vader invaded the other ones. If Luke Skywalker was flying a Y wing, everyone would love Y wings. Yeah. No, if if Luke Skywalker was flying a Y-wing, Vader would have shot him down because they're big well, and slow. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, so Tim, you said there were no new shots of Death Troopers. So the the shot right here at 126 where they're uh, on the beach and they like shoot and blow up this uh, gunboat thing, that was – had we seen that before? Yeah, that was in the first trailer. Okay. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, mm, hopefully there's more, but we don't have much time left <laughs> already a yeah. minute 25 into this thing. So, yeah, a small little complaint, but you know how much I love those Death Trooper armors. So I was really excited to get to see more of them. But just, I guess, either wait for more shots of them in a hopeful third trailer or just when we get the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of hope they save it for the movie because I think that they they have to be kind of special, I think, you know, in the yeah. film. And I think if you if you show too much of them, you're just going to lose some of the more surprises of the film. Because let's face it, this this is this is kind of in prequel territory where we already know what's going to happen. You know, that's that mm. the story isn't the spoiler. You know, what's going? I mean, for the for the most part, some of these characters we know might live, some might die, but for the most part, like we know where it has to go. So I think we it'd be nice to be surprised with the Death Troopers and kind of seeing how, you know. Or are they? Yeah, the Death Troopers. I always want to call them Shadow Troopers, but that's not what they're called. They're called Death Troopers. But I think we just need to see a little more surprises because we kind of already know what the what has to happen. So the, any surprises we have to see are within these specific characters and the events, you know, within it. So I think they are at a major event. So I hope if it is, they keep it low key. Just like these X Wings. The fact they're shown in the trailer, I hope it's the only time we get to see them in the whole film. Then I'll, mm. I'll be happy. I think I'm, we're going to see more than that. <laughs> I know, I know. I, everyone loves X Wings, unfortunately. But anyway, no, I, I just think that it'd be. I personally hope they don't show as much, because I think that you could show, you can show people. The, I think this trailer is perfect for what it did. I think it showed people what it is. It takes place around the New Hope era, and people will get behind this and go, "Oh, I remember, remember all the same designs from when I was a kid." Blah blah blah, or that old movie that mom and dad showed me, or whatever. I mean. It's. I think it's done its job, so I'm hoping it saves some of the, the impact, you know, for the the film. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's at least a couple other moments towards the end of the trailer here that I want to talk about. But before we get to that, just while you were talking about that, um, I'm just curious what you guys think. Do you think we'll get another trailer before Rogue One comes out, or do you think this is it? 
Oh, we'll we'll get more. Look at Force Awakens, man. The Force Awakens had like a bazillion trailers. No, the Force. Well, okay. It had three official American trailers, and then it had different variations in international trailers and, you know, a buttload of TV spots, which obviously Rogue One is going to have, too. Um, But, um, yeah, just, I mean, when you were talking about the the fact that um, we already know how the story is going to play out here, more or less, um, you know, we don't know how, but we know the Rebels are going to steal the Death Star plans and that they're going to succeed in the end. and I think that for me is just like, I don't know. Like, I, I think I've kind of seen enough at this point. Like, obviously, if we have another trailer, I wouldn't complain. Like, and, you know, maybe there'll be more new stuff in there that I had no idea was even going to be part of the movie. And it, it'll be like, oh, you know, it's awesome to, you know, get some teasers of, of that stuff or whatever. Um, but I, I think at this point, like, I've seen enough to, like, not be spoiled, but to get sort of the the general gist of like everything that's going on here like with the first trailer i was like okay that's cool but i need to see more like with this one i'm like okay i feel like i've seen a little bit of everything now and i like what i'm seeing and it doesn't really leave me wanting more except for just going to the movie opening night and and seeing the whole thing um because especially because uh obviously there's you know a a, a brief tease at the end after the title comes up um, we haven't talked about this yet, but, uh, obviously, you know, we, we knew it was coming. Uh, we had heard, well, I think we did get, yeah, we got official confirmation, uh, that Darth Vader was going to be in this movie and we get just a split second glimpse at the end where you just see the back of his helmet, you know, in, in Imperial control center or something like that. And just hear just one of those iconic breaths. And, uh, again, that was just enough to, be like i know i'm going to be in the theater opening night i don't want to see any more vader in any more trailers like just knowing that he's in it and you know having gotten official confirmation that he's voiced by james Earl jones i'm like i'm there i'm good i'm sold yep i mean right when the title of rogue one popped up on the screen i was watching on my phone i I tapped it real quick to see how much time's left i go i know they gotta have vader at the very end (laughs) and it looks like there's still time okay (laughs) let's let's finish this and then we got that shot and i agree it was just the perfect amount of what they're gonna have with vader and i was curious to see if it would be similar to what they showed at celebration europe where you heard the reports about how vader was shown there where it was like kind of you're seeing his uh reflection on the ground to where he's at but this one is just from behind of him looking at um, some readouts of the Death Star and you just hear the breathing and it still has that effect and I agree this is all we really need of Vader at least in the trailers but at the same time I won't be surprised if we do get more of him in another one and I do think we probably will get another trailer because of when this one came out if we didn't get this trailer in August and they waited to the fall then I would just think, okay, yeah, two trailers, that's enough. But I can't help but think they want to release one more, like in October, November, for like one final push to, you know, get everyone hyped up about Rogue One. So we probably will. And if they do put more Vader in it, it's going to be something that will remind me of the Revenge of the Sith trailers because Vader was in it right away from the first teaser of Revenge of the Sith, what, when, which surprised me at that time. And then we got that other shot of him in the second teaser with him with Palpatine just holding his arm so we got more Vader in those episode 3 trailers than I thought we would so it makes me think where they could go the opposite route and not show him too much or they can you know do the same thing and show him in a few shots like that too so. or show him how he was in the entire movie in the trailers 
<laughs> like episode three? <laughs> no, we didn't see him shout out no and, and break down the medical center he was in. So oh, you're right. Yeah, I apologize. There was, a I reason, apologize. there was a reason for that. They wanted people to go see the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I love Revenge of the Sith. That's my hey, one of my Star Wars movies. I, I do too. I'm, I'm not digging on the movie as a whole, but you guys have probably uh, that's a separate tangent I could go on about, about, <laughs> well, about how Revenge of the Sith has just a couple of my least favorite te- scenes in the entire saga but overall it's definitely my favorite of the prequels and you know I, I love the movie as a whole but the whole balcony scene between Anakin and Padme oh. is like <laughs> you're so beautiful okay, it's only guys, because I'm we, so in love no it's have- because I'm so in love with you and the whole time like Padme doesn't even look like Natalie Portman like what was <laughs> they, they must have like had to hire a substitute for the makeup department that day or something because it's just, what a separate show with the three of us talking about talking about Revenge of the Sith because I could talk for days about that movie yeah. and mostly mostly positive we're talking like 90% positive, but the scene you're discussing is one of the few things that I never, I don't, I, unless I'm watching it with a friend and we just watch it all the way through, if I watch it by myself, I skip that scene 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I don't blame you. Like, I'll still I, watch it. I just complain about it. But, oh God, I, 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 I like, it. you know, people, people give, uh, you know Hayden Christensen crap for like that scene oh. in episode two with the, I don't like sand. I'm like, guys, that's that's bad, but it's not his worst scene. Yeah, no, that that's exactly how I feel. But to go back about Darth Vader and this, I'm I'm kind of with you guys or with Tim here. I I'm interested to see if what they do with the third trailer because they've already kind of teased Darth Vader in this one. I think they're probably going to, but this is where I'm going to have to say I don't know if I'm going to watch the next trailer because hmm. I want to save something for it. I mean, and here's the thing: I spoiled myself rotten. Tim will tell you. I spoiled myself rotten for The Force Awakens. I watched every single TV spot for the most part. Mm-hmm. Every single international trailer, trailer, spoiler, analyzing. I talked for Tim for like five hours almost every other week for like yep. you know, six months <laughs> about this, about The Force Awakens. So, you know, what's going to happen and what we've learned and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I'm going to star wars a little differently now because i i think i need i needed to spoil myself rotten for the force awakens and i don't regret it at all because that was the anticipation for that film was never going to be different whether i knew what was going to happen or not but at the same time the this now everything going forward i kind of want to keep myself fresh as possible and again i I go back to what i said earlier it's just gonna be weird because i don't want to know and see everything from this film you know, but at the same time, with Vader, they're gonna have to show him do something a little bit to get people even more jazzed up for that third trailer. Because we're gonna get one. I mean, just like Tim said, like it's a guarantee we're gonna get it because they've put this out so early. When mm-hmm. they should have put the Force Awakens out at this time, I feel last year, but for whatever reason they didn't think they had they didn't needed to. But irregardless, it's neither here or there. But I'm glad they did, to be honest. I, I think you needed, I think especially for this film, you really needed to start marketing to uh, the massive audience. And with, with the football season coming up, there's plenty of time for them to run this trailer. Because I'm not sure, uh, I know, I know, Kyle, you watch football like me. I know Tim's not a football fan, but I don't know if you watch enough football to notice, that, but like I've seen so many different times when I'm watching, you know, regular football games and I'll see um, a, uh, a trailer, a full trailer for a movie. Like, 
for a commercial break or like between half times, like they'll show a whole trailer. So mm. I kind of think like that's what's going to end up happening. They're going to show this trailer all over the place with uh, with football coming up, with, you know, all that stuff. So and with all the films coming out in the in the winter time, because it seems like winter time now is like a pretty popular time to put out a tentpole film. It seems like I know Doctor Strange is coming out in November, so you you have that to you know put this trailer with. I don't know. We might have a new one by that point, but I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel that this is a good time and. But I really hope if they do show Vader again, it's just a quick shot of him with his lightsaber ignited so people like lose yeah. their minds. That's kind of what I was mm-hmm. thinking, too, where like the next big thing to get people geeking out and just losing their minds but without revealing anything, it's just showing him ignite that lightsaber and hear the breathing again. That would be the next step to do that. But going back to your saying, Paul, about you know watching every single trailer for The Force Awakens, and for this one, you're not sure if you would watch that third trailer – I, I'm pretty confident that they wouldn't put like the coolest stuff and they would save something for the movie because I think what The Force Awakens did really well was they pretty much showed us nothing from that final lightsaber fight. All we got was that one where Kylo Ren was coming towards Finn without his helmet on. And I think maybe like a week or two before release in a TV spot, they showed maybe a second or two more of that. But overall, they pretty much showed nothing from that. And it just made that moment so much more awesome when Ray pulled the lightsaber out of the snow with the Force. I mean, we got no hint or tease of that at all in any of the trailers or TV spots. So if they got the same people who cut those Force Awakens trailers or doing these Rogue Ones, uh, I think we're going to be in good hands as far as, you know, not them revealing everything and the big moment from the movie. We're definitely going to get something saved. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I mean, as far as Vader, I don't... See, I don't even know if he'll be using his lightsaber in this movie. Um, That's but if, a fair point, too. See, if he yeah. if he does, I don't know that I'd want to see that in a trailer, but I want to hear a line of dialogue. Um, yeah, or, or, you know, and maybe see, like, his face instead of, um, you know, just the back of the helmet. Obviously, the face meaning, you know, the, the front of the mask, not actual Anakin Skywalker's face. Um but so it would be cool if we got something like we got in the season two finale of Rebels. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. I mean, it oh, would be. You mean when Ahsoka comes in and, and they have has a lightsaber fight at the very end? Oh yeah, that's gonna happen in Rogue One. I'm sure Dude, of it. <laughs> if that happened, I probably would just like get up and be like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd have to deal with all the regular like casual moviegoers. Who is that? What's that alien? Why is she fighting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would seriously lose it if that happened. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah i don't i mean i do think you guys are right that the, just based on the timing i would assume that there will be one more trailer before the movie comes out um but yeah I, like i don't i don't know that i want to see a whole lot of new stuff in there just so we don't you know spoil too many surprises i'm okay if it's like a few really cool new shots and then a lot of just kind of like recuts and extended you know looks at uh, stuff that we've seen before because again, at this point, like I'm sold, I'm good, um, and I think yeah, for the Force Awakens, like I probably didn't spoil myself quite as much as you did, Paul. But at the same time, I mean, I think I know some people who were able to stay away from spoilers and stuff. But I think for the most part, like a lot of people were just grasping for that because we really had no idea what it was going to be. Like they're jumping thirty years ahead in the timeline and making a new Star Wars movie. It could have been 
anything from, you know, an exact remake of A New Hope to something completely different that, you know, didn't even feel like Star Wars. We had, you know, no idea what direction this was going and everybody just wanted to know something and see something. Um, and I feel like, you know, obviously with Rogue One, because it's more familiar territory, and then even with Episode Eight, like, because, you know, like, now that we have the foundation with The Force Awakens, we know who all the main characters are going to be, and sort of what the main conflict is, even though we don't know exactly what's going to happen, and I'm sure there'll be new characters and new planets and whatnot, but still, like, I, I don't have that craving, like, for spoilers and stuff, just because, like... You know, I, I don't know nothing about it. I And, you know, I don't have that longing to know just like something, anything, um, you know, of a glimpse of what the new Star Wars is going to look like. Yeah, I think the the good news about Rogue One, though, and I think what the trailer has done an amazing job of is it just it just like I said, we talked about earlier. It looks incredible of the designs it feels it. I think it's it's accomplishing something that I think that The Force Awakens tried really hard to do but i think the i think with this design wise it feels more natural to be in this timeline where it feels like the force awakens because they wanted to like win fans back so to speak quote unquote um they you know they have all these like retro looking like spaceships and 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 again my my biggest criticism of the force awakens is that i wish there was a little more departure of the original trilogy Mm -hmm. but but that being said i think with this it obviously makes sense because it's the same time timeline. Everything still has a uniqueness to it at the same time. So I think that you could have easily rested on their laurels with, with this film with design wise and stuff, but they didn't, they actually went out and did even more like crazy stuff. And, and I love the, like the city uh, landscapes and other uh, uh, planet landscapes we're getting. It just looks really beautiful and it really does. And I think that's the one thing that's kind of missing from, you know, with the Force Awakens. And I'm not, and again, I'm, I still love the Force Awakens. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just really impressed with the landscape shots and cinematography we're getting from this. And I just, I also like the fact that it feels very different than all the original um, films, including the Force Awakens, that we're getting. I mean, that was obviously the point, but because that's the point. It's accomplishing it, you know. It very well could just be, you know, a, let's just make this tra- trailer look exactly like a previous Star Wars film and make it really, you know, generic, and th- that'd be a really easy way to sell it. But they're not. They're, they're giving us all these great, like, kind of grittiness to this trailer to this film still. And I think there's a lot of skepticism about what this film is going to be with all the, you know, the reshoots and whatnot. But I have to say, what 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 we're what we're getting here now is still is is different but it's still like it's it's still harkening back and i i'm liking what i'm seeing mm-hmm. that's basically what i'm trying to say yeah <laughs> yeah no, and and that's basically you know what what we shared before you got on um you know again i talked a lot about the the visual appeal of it and uh you know just how everything we're seeing in this trailer looks really good and to to you know, comment on what you were saying about the the familiar looking ships and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I had mentioned that too, that it, it kind of made me, um, it sort of reminded me of the way I felt seeing some of the shots in the Force Awakens trailers for the first time, where you see the X-Wings like dogfighting with TIE fighters above the surface of a lake or something like that. Something that we haven't seen before, but with familiar looking ships. And here you've got the scenes where, you know, whether it's Imperial walkers on a beach or X-Wings like flying through a, a canyon at night in the rain or something like that. It's like familiar stuff in 
you know, new and exciting situations and environments and stuff like that. But with The Force Awakens, it was like, oh, awesome. X-Wings fighting TIE fighters, like, in, you know, in atmosphere dogfights and stuff instead of in space. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but I still kind of wish they didn't look so similar to the X-Wings and TIE fighters from A New Hope. I mean, like, I... I kind of shared the same sentiment you said that like my biggest criticism of the force awakens is uh you know the the sort of similarity to the original trilogy that it doesn't feel like that big of a departure um but i still love the movie but again i think that sort of fits a little bit better with rogue one because now you're seeing the same kind of stuff where it's like oh cool x-wings and tie fighters but in new situations new backgrounds whatever but it actually fits because we know this is like right before a new hope starts so um yeah i i love that about it now the one other thing i wanted to mention i don't know if you guys noticed this um but that scene where it's like the last shot of the trailer before it goes to the title before the vader thing comes up um actually maybe it's not the very last shot no, it's like the second to last, where you see Jin like out on this platform or tower or something like that, and she's like walking forward, and a TIE fighter comes up in front of her, and it looks like she's walking towards some kind of beacon thing, um, you know, on the end of this walkway, and I'm like, is this from like the very end of the movie? Because it, all, mm. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it kind of has that kind of feel to it for me, because I also, I saw that, and I remembered the um a line that vader has in a new hope where he says several transmissions were beamed to this ship by rebel spies and i up to this point i had been thinking like oh how cool would it be to see like a a cameo or a little scene at the end of the movie where um you know the rebels have already gotten the death star plans i'm sure they're going to be you know some sacrifices and maybe somebody dies or something but then you know whoever's left like hands the plans over to princess leia and she boards the tantive four and takes off Um, But then I saw this and I was like, oh, what if she's like got the plans, the rest of her team's been wiped out already, she's the only one left and she just has to get to this, you know, transmitter tower or whatever to like transmit the plans off world before the Empire closes in and crushes them and she's got to upload it to this tower before this TIE fighter shoots her down and I don't know, like, I don't think she's going to get blasted by a TIE fighter right here because she doesn't look like she's <laughs> close enough to this beacon to be able to do anything before it gets her. But, I mean, maybe an X-Wing is going to fly by and shoot the TIE fighter down and then maybe, you know, Vader will come after her or something like that. Um, but it definitely kind of has that that sense of, I mean, you just see the size of the TIE fighter in the distance and it kind of has that imposing, ominous, like, last stand kind of feel to it. I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think? No, yeah, I was kind of on the same page as you when you were talking about it where we see that shot in the trailer and she's limping towards that beacon it looks like where you know she's already gone through a tough battle just making it up there and this is like the final stretch and just right when she thinks she's there that tie fighter comes up and yeah when i saw that i kind of thought well oh this could be it where Jin doesn't make it she gets blasted by that tie fighter and taken out but like you said she doesn't look close to that uh beacon to transmit the plans if that's what she was going to do so something probably is going to intervene with that like you said probably an x-wing but i do think it's definitely where she's probably gonna you know this is the last chance they have to get those beam or that those plans to the rebels because maybe that wasn't the plan all along they were going to escape with it but maybe their transport or their escape ship got blasted or taken out and this is the only thing now they might be stranded on this planet with no way out but they still have to get those plans to the rebellion and this is the last way to do it so yeah i don't know i 
like we said before, it's kind of hard to guess which characters are going to survive and which ones aren't in this movie. But I'm just thinking of it. Maybe none of them are, or maybe mm-hmm. yeah. they like we don't see what happens to them. Maybe, like I said, they're stranded on this planet, and maybe the fate of some of them will be told in other stories, and novels, or comics, or something like that. But for this movie, none of them make it off Scarif, and they were just they're like their uh, mission was a success only because they were able to transmit those plans to the rebellion here. So that's one possibility I'm thinking of after looking at that shot and. But man, it is a great shot. <laughs> I have a pause right now where Jin is just looking at that TIE fighter staring down on her. It is awesome. So I don't know. That's one possibility that has me thinking of what the fate of these characters might be. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Kyle. I never even thought about that because I have, I think A New Hope might be one of my least watched Star Wars films. I've watched probably, I've probably watched The Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith more than A New Hope, to be quite honest. Um, just because A New Hope, for people who don't know, A New Hope was kind of like my first prequel. I saw Empire and Jedi at first, and I had no idea that, that A New Hope even existed until I was in kindergarten. Uh. My mom, my mom just dropped it on me randomly, um, and and I was like, "What?" They're like, yeah, Star Wars is on the night. I'm like, "You mean Empire or Jedi?" They're like, "No, no, the <laughs> first one." And I was like, "What?" Um, and it blew my mind because Lando or Yoda weren't in it. And I, I, could not con- <laughs> I could not conceive a film, that did n- a Star Wars film, that did not have those two in it. Um, but uh, but anyway, the thing <laughs> no is... No black dudes or aliens? This movie's racist. <laughs> 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 well, now that you mention it, it's very white, isn't it? <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, man. God, I hate the past sometimes. Um, <laughs> No, but it, it's funny because um, – oh, my God. I forgot where I was going with all this. Oh, um, I forgot about the – where you said about Darth Vader when he said that, you know, several rebels beamed this information. I had no idea. Like I totally forgot about that. I mean I remember hearing that numerous times when I watched it, but I don't remember all – that's my least quoted line or least quote, quoted uh, Star Wars film for me, maybe one of them. And I totally forgot about that. And you're right. Like, he does say that. And if that was it, holy crap. If that is the case, and, and it very well could be, then Jin's dead. We'll just, we'll just throw in the towel now, man. Like, she's going to die. If that's if the TIE fighter comes up and that's the beam thing she has to, like, jump on and, and get killed, then that's it. But you know what? She goes down in a blaze of glory, and I think that's pretty badass, personally. So... I don't. I kind of want it to happen now. I'll be honest. Like I'm kind of into it because here's the thing. And Tim, I think you're right that it's a possibility that these people could, in fact, survive on Scarif. But I think that if they did survive, they would have been tortured and they would have probably given up their um, the rebel base. They'd have more information. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. And maybe. That's what I would assume anyway. So either they got away scot-free or they all die, which I think, it, honestly, I think it would be more poetic if they all died because it sounds like these people that are, are going for this mission are all kind of, for the most part, maybe Cassian, maybe seem the more noble of all of them as we know so far. But it would seem fitting to, for all of them to die on this mission because they probably have a checkered past. So this is like the mm. redemptive story. And we all know what happens in, in a redemptive traditional story that usually the people who are redeeming themselves are dying. <laughs> usually. Suicide squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just got, 
I just got trumped. Oh, man. Dang, I just got mic dropped. Now. Right, you know, for the most part, traditional storytelling. Well, but, no, no, no. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I don't know if you've seen the movie or not, but no, no, no. But no, they don't. But they don't die. The well, one of them with does. The the one with the redemptive story arc. Wait, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't wait, seen wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. We'll, no we'll talk. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about this afterwards. We'll talk about that afterwards. We'll talk about that afterwards. Okay. I don't all spoil right. But anyway, my point is, well, I'm glad you're agreeing with me because I thought you were disagreeing with me. I'm really confused which person you're talking about this movie. But we'll talk about it later. My point is this: is that the the film it just would make more sense to me unless they don't unless the Empire doesn't know they survived. That's the only way that I think it would work, which is still is still a possibility. But it just seems to me with this ragtag group of people that just want to go out and, and make a difference that it just seems fitting for it. But at the same time, is Disney – I mean I don't want to kind of speak uh, frank here, but I don't mean to, but I'm just going to say it. Does Disney and Lucasfilm have the balls to kill everyone off? I don't know. And another thing that makes me think about the outcome where maybe some of them – have to survive was what it said in the A New Hope opening crawl where the rebels have won their first victory against the Empire. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they all survived. The victory could be that they got the plans to the rebellion. That's the victory. But mm-hmm. part of me thinks, too, well, a, a major victory would be, too, you know, they got the plans. Most of the team survived. So I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on it. But I agree with you, Paul, where. I think it would serve the story better and have it be more poetic, like you said, if this group of rebels and just uh, people in the galaxy who band together to steal these plans against all odds, they sacrifice their lives to see that mission fulfilled and to do what they were supposed to do and get those plans to the rebellion. I think that would be a more poetic way to end the story. And yeah, it could uh, be a downer for some moviegoers who are, weren't expecting that, but I think that would serve the story best, but at the same time, too, I'm confident in the story that they have and that they're going to tell as far as whether who lives and who dies. We know the Rebels are getting those plans, and I think <laughs> no matter which direction they decide to go, I think it's I'm confident that they will deliver what's best for the movie and the story that leads into a new hope. So, but mm-hmm. it does make me think as far as the different possibilities that could happen with these characters by the yeah. time the movie's over. So yeah, I. I- Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I think it is very possible that we could lose all of them because I mean, they keep talking about how this is a, a grittier, a grittier, darker movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And I mean, all the the footage and stuff that we've seen so far looks like that to an extent, but at the same time, it still definitely looks like Star Wars. Um, oh, totally. But I think it would definitely be darker and grittier than you're used to seeing from Star Wars to just you know kill off all the characters. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like. Well, you know, I'm sure there are some characters in here that we're going to fall in love with some more than others that we want to see their stories continue in other source material. And but it's like, oh, okay, so everybody loves, you know, K2SO. Let's put him in the sequel. Oh, wait, the sequel already came out, you know, 40 years ago and he wasn't in it. So, uh, (laughs) you know, well, you know, I I was wondering if you guys want to maybe do like a friendly gentleman's bet of some sort about, um, who? How many actually survived this film? Are you saying we make a Deadpool? Oh, <laughs> God, Kyle, I missed you. Uh, <laughs> I, I just dropped my phone on the desk as if it were a mic. By the way, <laughs> you didn't oh, hear man. it because it landed on a stack of mail. But people don't realize. Yeah, people don't realize I have like if you know people listen to podcasts, but I have my own private podcast on 
Xbox with you guys, like, you know, for a while. Like, so this is like just old hat for me. I'm just yeah, laughing. Pretty much. This is so classic. Um, no, but like, I, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I, I would be, I'd be interested if we can maybe how close one of us could get. Cause I, we all, we, I mean, if people watch the footage from the celebration, I'm not going to say who, but we got confirmation of one person not coming yeah. out alive. So we know one person's for sure not going out. Which, oh, uh, from the, you're, you you're, you're talking about from the panel? Is. Yeah, don't say anything. I haven't. Okay. I still haven't no, watched but, that panel. But the, the, my point is I'm not saying you know, you're not guessing who makes it out. You're guessing how many people make it out. Yeah, exactly. So I, so do you guys want to do that uh, really fast? Do you want it, or do you want more time? Uh, to think about yeah, I, I would need more time to think about. Oh, okay, I, all right. Because, well, this this for your listening audience, if if the if the three people actually care about this whole bet, you have to tell them what I. I'll, I'll just say it right now. I think one person will make it out. Wow. Just one. Wait, wait. Are are you, are you trying to guess who, or you're just saying? No, how no. Ma- or you're saying how many people? How many people? Oh, the okay. main cast. So it can't be like some like. So here's my point. So let's say. I predict uh, Jin Urso. I don't. I'm not saying it's gonna be her. I might. I'm, I might just say it's Cassian. I think Cassian will make it out all the way through. So, but it. But that means anyone from the main party that includes a droid. So I think, you know, you. But it can't be Cassian and like a bunch of scrubs. Okay, mm-hmm. like that doesn't count. It has to be from the main cast. So how many? So how how many people are from the main ensemble cast will make it out? I think Cassian will be the only one. That means K two S zero or O, whichever one you prefer. I prefer zero, but that's just me because I'm old school. I think he'll be destroyed in this film. See, I'm gonna go a little higher than you, but not by much. I'm gonna say three. Make are you? Are you gonna price this right, me, Kyle? Is this what you're gonna? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That was Tim. No, no, no. I'm but, saying like you're, but he said three. If you say two, you're like right in the middle, right there, right? I mean, well, or, you know, I'm also kind of leaning towards one. I don't know if I can say that because you already did, but that's true. That's true. That's true. But I mean, I don't know. I, I do you have a final number, or do you want more time to think about it? I, as of right now, like, I mean, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it, but, but my guess right now would be one. Okay, so right, you're with me then. Yeah, and I, you know what? I could see, I, I actually think, oh, I don't know, because I could see them both dying, but my guess is that if one person survives, it'll be either Baze or Chiru. One of the two. <laughs> see, I got my three who I think are going to survive, but I don't know if I should say this. Stuff. Yeah, you probably shouldn't say to spoil it for, yeah. for this guy over here. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that'll narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe you missed that, by the way. Hey, oh, it's a just, good thing for him. I, I, was plan- I was planning to watch it. I just wasn't watching it live. And before I got around to watching it, I heard, you know, a friend texted me and was like, wow, there's major spoilers in the Rogue One panel. I was like, good to know. I won't watch it then. So you didn't watch any of it? Nope. I mean, I read a lot of recaps and stuff. Oh, that's a, it's, it's a fun little panel. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's my personal opinion. I, I think only one's making it out. I think most everybody's not going to make it. So actually, Tim, I'm actually curious. You probably won't spoil anything. Who do you think is making it, not making it out? I mean, who is making it out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I agree with you. I think Cassian's going to make it. And I think the droid K2SO is going to be with him. I mean, I can't see really? where he gets destroyed too. And, you know, it's kind of like a sad moment for Cassian. I could see that happening. But right now, my gut is saying that both of them will make it out. 
And the other person, I think that would lead into the spoiler from what was said at Celebration. Uh, so. Okay, all right, all right, all right. But I think you're on, we're on the same. I think I think we all kind of feel Cassian have some kind of huge importance. Yeah. Because, because I, it, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, one of the things I really liked about this trailer, too, I mean, we were gushing of how awesome it looked visually, but the character interactions that we got in this trailer, too, I'm I'm enjoying also and just can't wait to see more of. And one of the things that I wouldn't necessarily say it was new, but I don't know, maybe it just wasn't something I thought of too much or maybe just assumed beforehand. But we knew Cassian and Jin, you know, they were going to be the first two to go on this mission. But I always assumed that it was going to be, you know, Mon Mothma, one of the other rebel generals who say to Cassian, you know, go along with her, like keep an eye here and all that. But from this trailer, I can't remember the exact dialogue, but he says something like, like, I want to do this with you. That made me think where she was just going to go off on her own. And But no, he really wants to be a part of this. And he goes along with her, maybe um, without, you know, approval from the higher ups of the rebellion. So it looks like, you know, they both believe in this. And I think it has been reported, too, in the past Entertainment Weekly article where, you know, they have, like, different personalities and viewpoints where they're not necessarily going to agree on everything but they'll establish that strong bond throughout the course of the movie but i just think right off the bat something that'll probably trigger that you know admiration or friendship for the for them that they'll have in the movie is that you know his willingness to go along with her on this mission when maybe he didn't have to or wasn't supposed to and also too moving on to saw Gerrera, who we haven't really talked about in this trailer that was another awesome part and this goes on with the trailer and also from the Entertainment Weekly article we got today where it looks like Saw and Jin have the relationship before this movie begins because it made a point where in the article Saw and Jin, you know, they knew each other for quite a bit before the events of this movie. And you got a little hint of that. Just the way they looked at each other. Saw had some smiles with her and he was like telling that part we telling her the I believe the universe, you know, was I don't know if he said it's coming to an end, but the universe isn't in good shape right now. Something to that effect. There's imperial banners er everywhere. And just the look that, you know, they had with each other and the way they were, were interacting, it just gave you the sense, you know, that this isn't the first time they're meeting up, which I kind of thought it was going to be where they knew there was this old, you know, uh, rebel guerrilla soldier who's on this planet. Why don't you should go seek him out? But looks like it might be Jin's idea to seek out Saw Gerrera and maybe the rebels are advising against that. Maybe Mon Mothma doesn't want her to, but she thinks he'd be you know, a valuable asset to his team to get those Death Star plans. So I'm really intrigued to see the relationship that they have and just how far back that relationship goes. And just, you know, um, just maybe he knew her father at one point who we know is going to have an important role in the movie. Just I'm just fascinated with Saw as a whole, as you guys obviously are well aware of just the fact that we've seen him before in the clone wars and mm -hmm. just to know the history he's had and knowing that Jin can be a part of that now is just i'm just fascinated with his character and how him and Jin are gonna be you know getting along in this movie so stuff like that in this trailer i thought was really good just to seeing the dynamics between the characters and we already talked about chirut and Baze in that one moment on that mountaintop at night and then chirut taking out those stormtroopers so much good stuff and like you said the K2SO, his interaction looks really great. The only character that got short changed in this trailer was uh, Bodhi Rook, who we got some more information on him this week, knowing that you know he's an old Imperial pilot and he still wears that his Imperial uniform to kind of remind himself of why he's doing what he's doing now with the Rebellion and just how, I guess, awful the Empire is. So that's kind of cool, but in this trailer, I think he's like 
in it maybe one or two shots. So he's a character that I don't know if he's going to be one that we're going to see too much of in the movie. But still, he could be, you know, a character who just mixes it in well with the rest of the group. So as much as I'm excited for how awesome the movie looks, I'm just as excited about all the characters we're getting. They just look really good, and I just can't wait to see more of them, mm-hmm. despite if they all make it out or not. <laughs> yeah, and you know, actually, just hearing you mention that, Tim, I was like, I, I think if we, if and when we do get a, a third trailer before the movie comes out, I would actually love to see that focus more on the villains and the Imperials, mm-hmm. and maybe see a would- new, sh- maybe see a new shot of the Death Star, because you're talking about like you know all the the characters that we got spotlighted here, and yeah, you know Bodhi Rook kind of got left out, but we also didn't really see uh, much at all of um, Director Krennic. You know, we got like one shot of him, um, you know, one shot of the Death Troopers. You know, they're, they're, it seemed a lot more focused on the heroes and um, not much on the villains aside from, you know, just stormtroopers getting shot and stuff like that. So I would like to see the the third trailer, you know, still show the heroes, obviously. They're still going to show the main characters of the movie, but have more emphasis on uh, the threat and what they're up against and showing, um, you know, just more of the Imperial forces and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, that'd be a great way to go about it. Just have it totally be different and, you know, shed, like I said, shed the spotlight on the Imperials and the bad guys. Because, yeah, we still have yet to hear Krennic say a line of dialogue. So mm-hmm. we still got to hear him talk. Yeah. So, you know, let's just make the next trailer just focus on Krennic and the Death Troopers. There you go. <laughs> with with maybe a line of dialogue from Vader. Yeah, I have to say uh, my favorite part of the trailer besides landscapes is probably Saw Guerrero's hair. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because another reveal that came out today was that we are going to see both bald Saul Guerrero and bushy hair Saul Guerrero. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's confirmed? Yeah, in Entertainment Weekly's uh, post today, they said, you know, it's done purposefully for, for him to have those different looks throughout the course of the movie. So it's oh, more a story sh- reason uh, and not reshoot reason, So which I was glad to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it is, it doesn't matter. His hair looks freaking sweet. So yeah. I kind of want to see, like, crazy, like, head, hair, sagrer all the time, to be honest. So hopefully that maybe that report is wrong, which I know it probably isn't. They probably told him to say that. So mm-hmm. um, but I, no. think, I think it's going to be one of those moments where, you know, he has to get back into action and he's going to shave his head <laughs> to, you know. No, why would you shave your head afterwards? Oh, you know, it kind of, yeah. Do you guys ever see uh, Independence Day Resurgence? No, yeah. It, oh, it, where the president like shaves yeah. his beard, yeah. <laughs> it's for people who have seen it and you're not missing much. That's and that's sad for me to say because I love Independence Day. You'll know what I'm talking about with that film because yeah. that, that part is pretty ridiculous. But no, I, I think Saw Guerrera, god, he just looks awesome. Yeah, I, I hope he, I, I just want him to like kill people in this. I want him to, <laughs> want him to like be like, Stone Dreamers! <laughs> <laughs> I hope it sounds exactly like that, Paul. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, imagine him just be like, oh, I'm going to kill you all! <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like, just mauling like tons of stormtroopers down. Like I don't want him to go down in a blaze of glory like I'm assuming Jen Erso is going to probably. Yeah, I could see that happening for Saw more, actually. Oh, I want I want Saw to like go all the way to like the sequel trilogy and be like super old and be like oh, I was so old then or I'm so old now and now I'm fighting for the uh, you know whatever. <laughs> but, uh, 
but no, like, I, I just, I, I love Forrest Whitaker. And one of the things that, you know, you're missing out, Kyle, on the, uh, the celebration thing is hearing Forrest Whitaker talk about his character. And maybe he just takes every role that seriously. And he probably does. I mean, he did do a film called Repo Men. You have to take that film seriously at some point to ever do that film. But, you know, whatever. Um, anyway. No one ever saw that film, apparently. So, anyway, my joke <laughs> fell flat. Sorry, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. But, no, like, if you watch that thing, um, at least with him, uh, Kyle, it's it's really cool. Like, he just seems like he had – he actually went and watched the Clone Wars and actually, oh. you know, mm. like, actually knows about the character. It wasn't just like, give me the script, here's the lines. See you later. Like he actually like went and, and researched his character. I appreciate that. The fact he even and, and again, I, I'm assuming you know Lucasfilm didn't say, "Hey, do us a favor and talk about the Clone Wars." Maybe they coached him up and said it, but it didn't. It, the way he talked was very in, intricately, you know. And he doesn't seem like he would. He's a man of few words. I'll say that. If that's that's kind of the impression that I got. So the fact he brought it up at all, the Clone Wars being, uh, I thought was pretty cool. The fact that he actually went out and did that. So I don't know. I'm really excited to see what Saul does in this film. Hopefully he has some amazing action scenes. Cause if he doesn't, I'm going to be bummed. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to like, not just learning about more of his character, but hopefully he's like a boss old man. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think he will be. Yeah. Uh, I just hope he goes references something from the past during those Clone Wars episodes. There's something as small as saying, I've trained with Jedi or a Jedi trained me. Like he doesn't have to say Ahsoka or Anakin uh-huh. or anything. If he just says that the Clone Wars fans will know what he's talking. Yeah. About. Exactly. Just some kind of little reference that doesn't tell you much, but the Clone Wars fans will, will know more meaning into that. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, I think we've hit pretty much all the, the big points of the trailer and stuff. So before we wrap up here, um, I know I've kind of already shared mine, but what was you guys like favorite, moment from the trailer or like one big you know standout thing well this probably isn't my standout moment but i don't think we've mentioned it i just want to bring it out there's that one shot like at the minute eight mark of the trailer where you see the death star orbiting which i think is the planet jetta it just looks so cool (laughs) just seeing that that star doesn't look as big next to that planet but i just visually it just looks so awesome and knowing that that station can destroy that planet it just Mm -hmm. looks so cool so i really like that one but if i had to choose my favorite part of this trailer well since there's no new death trooper shots it's a lot tougher for me (laughs) so i really liked any shots that was in that canyon with the x-wings flying down there at night and then the one kind of towards the end where you see their transport amongst a bunch of debris just falling down over them that shot just looked totally amazing so those great, you know, epic wide shots of those ships flying through those canyons are the ones that stood out to me the most. So I'll go with that. All right, Paul. Oh man, this is this is tough because I think that it was it was overall it was a very like you know um, solid great or you know solid trailer. There wasn't one moment that I just thought was like, oh my god, that's so awesome. You know, I, there was nothing like that for me that jumped out. So I know, and again, this is still fresh. So I need to see it like eight more times probably to really get like a favorite part. Because I've only seen it like probably six times, seven times now. I'm going to say, and those can be really stupid, but bear with me. The opening shot, I 
think that shot's pretty amazing. Right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, awesome. I can't blame you. I mean, I wouldn't say that one was my favorite, but it definitely is. Again, we talked about just the striking visuals of this and how impressive this stuff looks. Yeah, it, it just just seeing a different landscape and city, which I'm assuming is Jeddah, um, it just looks really good. It looks really amazing. So I don't know. I thought this that was a good thing to kind of show me immediately. Like, oh man, because it looks Star Wars, but it looks different, and I just I love it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, as I said before, I, I think. I probably had the same favorite moments as you, Tim. Basically, anything with with ships in it. Because I'm actually liking the design of this U-Wing more than I thought I would. Um, all the, the shots with that in it look pretty cool. Especially that one where it's like flying against like the wall of cascading debris. Um, and then just all those X-Wing night canyon shots were just like fantastic. Um, and then also, I just have to give a shout out to, uh, again, uh, Chirrut. Um you know, blind guy with his staff, like taking out a whole squad of stormtroopers. Um, that that is, you know, another pretty awesome moment and character highlight there. So uh, those are probably my standout moments. Um, aside from just you know all the other stuff that we've talked about that we loved about it. Um, but yeah, man, I'm glad we finally got this. You know, after all the the weeks and months of waiting and. Uh, you know, nothing at Comic-Con, not really. I mean, we got the sizzle reel at uh, at Celebration, but we were hoping for a trailer there. Um, and then once we didn't get it there, we're thinking like, oh, well, you know, are we going to have to wait till like October or Force Friday or whenever? I don't think anybody was expecting the Olympics. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, oh, yeah, that would kind of make sense because it's like people from all over the world and it's like taking over NBC for three weeks. Um, maybe because it's not on ABC. That's why we didn't think of it. But um it ended up being, I mean, any time is a great time for a new Star Wars trailer, but uh, glad we got to see this now. Um, and definitely glad to, uh, you know, be getting all this awesome new stuff for Rogue One to look at and talk about. And glad that uh, Paul could join us to uh, jump in on the conversation and, uh, you know, be uh, just, you know, sharing our hype and uh, excitement for all this. Yeah, you really blessed me today by letting me on, guys. I really appreciate it. And you're my boys, and hopefully uh, we'll play some Battlefront soon. For sure. Totally, yeah. But the one thing is, uh, like I said, the trailer came on, came out, I watched it, had to run out, get something to eat, then we recorded this podcast. So I haven't gotten too much of like what the online reaction to it is. I'm assuming it's mainly all going to be positive because <laughs> we felt so strongly about it. But I am curious to see you know what everyone else is going to be thinking of this trailer. And I did put out a tweet to, I know it was kind of last minute to see if anyone wanted to share their thoughts on it with us. Uh, we did get a response from Angel Asby who says, um, she thinks it looks great. The shots are gorgeous, especially Jin, bad acidly <laughs> limping toward the TIE fighter. <laughs> it just can't wait. She says, the thing I love about Road 1 is that I know the story and the end, but I'm still sitting here wondering about the story. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to have the same reaction as us and as Angel here, just being super pumped for this movie. Because really, if you're a Star Wars fan, how can this not get you excited? I mean, what are you looking for in a movie like this where this doesn't get you pumped up? So I'm pretty positive that the general you know, reaction to this trailer is going to get a lot of people excited. And I guess the only thing now is just look forward to seeing it on the big screen with whatever movie is going to be attached with because it's going to look incredible on there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think, uh, that's going to just about do it. Um, again, Paul, thanks for joining us. Glad you could show up. Um, and, uh, Tim, anything else we need to mention before we sign off here? Uh, 
Yep, I think we got everything covered. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys all for listening. Um, as always, you can check us out online. Uh, our website is StarWarsTSC.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at StarWarsTSC. You can follow us on Facebook at Star Wars, uh, The Saga Continues. Um, or I guess it's Facebook.com slash Star Wars, The Saga Continues. Um, and you can send us email at StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. And uh, you can also be sure to check out uh thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in our thunderquack podcast network um so again thank you guys for tuning in hope you enjoy the rogue one trailer and uh, these last few months of getting hyped before the movie comes out we will see you next time and may the force be with you see you next time everybody